Welcome to Let's Talk Ed. I am Chris Ford, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Dr. Zahi Atala. Zahi, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. How are you, Chris? I am very well. And Zahi, um, last week we had one of your uh, friends on as a guest. And again, this week we have one of your uh, friends and colleagues on as a guest. If you could introduce Lynn to us. Yeah. Today we have uh, Lynn Neitzel. Lynn and I worked at Blackhawk Technical College, one of my old haunts, Chris, right? <laughs> and and the, the way I look at Lynn, and I've, I hope I've said it to her, is, is I don't think anybody understands teaching and learning better than she does and how to put it at the forefront of what we do. Uh, but I'm going to zip it up and say, good morning, Lynn. How are morning. you doing? Welcome. So let's talk, Ed. And and for those who don't know you, I mean, there are billions who know you, but for the handful who don't, do you mind introducing yourself to them a little bit about your trajectory? Sure. Um, good morning, good afternoon, whenever you're listening to this uh, or watching this podcast. My name is Lynn Neitzel. Um, I've had a long career in education. Um wasn't something that I actually set out to do when I went to college, actually, but um, I had a very wise uh, parent who told me that they thought I would be really good at it. And I'm really glad I got that influence because I've had, a, like I said, a great great career. I just retired from the Wisconsin Retirement System in August after 32 years. Um, in K-12, I taught um, most of my career in elementary school, teaching in a very um, progressive, innovative K-12 public school world language program. I taught Japanese from kindergarten through fifth grade, filled in at the high school and middle school here and there throughout the years, which I really enjoyed as well. Um, and then I transitioned um, about the last 10 years to the community college, technical college system in Wisconsin, where I had worked for a, a couple of years with Dr. Zahi Atala. Um, started out working in curriculum and assessment um, and a little bit of instructional design and online learning. Of course, that really changed during the pandemic. And luckily, right before that, um, I had the opportunity to develop a, a center for innovation and teaching and learning at the college and became the director of that area. So we were really able to do some really amazing things, I think, for our faculty. Um, we had a really interesting hinge moment uh, where we had about 50% of our faculty were new. And we categorize that as in the first three years of their time with us at Blackhawk Technical College. So that's where we really dug in and thought about what we're going to talk about today. What makes a really good teacher, instructor, professor, whichever synonym you want to use for it. Um, you know, what what makes makes one of them really good. So um, I did retire to something. I worked for the uh, Worldwide Instructional Design System, which is a nonprofit, but private company as a learning design consultant. Um, and we provide uh, software for curriculum management services, but also um, for, for a higher ed K-12 and also industry. So we do DACOM, if you're familiar with that, but we also do a lot of um, consulting for instructional design. Well, Lynn, you kind of posed what our topic uh, for today is going to be, and, you know, very broad question, what does make a good teacher? Yeah, I, I think in the back of our minds, we have what makes a good teacher, because we're thinking about, you know, right away when someone asked me that question, I think about Mrs. Hodge, who was my third grade teacher. You know, I thought she was a great teacher because she would invite us to her home on our school breaks to plant her garden. 
and I think I learned so much about gardening and just, you know, it was kind of like a science unit and I got to know her, you know, I think about Mr. Um, Cleats, who was my sixth grade teacher who made us listen to Barbara Streisand records when we were bad, but I'm thinking, wow, I really developed a sense of, um, you know, for a wonderful singer who was a classic and an icon, you know, I also think about Mrs. Cognato, who was my phi ed teacher. I was big into sports when I was in high school and even played a sport in college. And, you know, I just thought, wow, she she was just the greatest person. But if I had to really think about why, I don't I don't know that I could pinpoint one thing about them that they had in common. But over the years, myself being a lifelong teacher and working with trying to develop really good teachers, I think the key is you have to be a learner. If you're going to be a teacher, you have to be a learner. You don't have to be a great learner that, you know, you don't have to categorize that in any way. But if you come into the teaching profession and you're not willing to continuously learn or to consider it a profession that you may need to now learn, you're doing yourself, but more so you're doing your students a disservice. So um, in August at our technical college, we always had a boot camp for new instructors, you know, get them into the learning management system and the student information system and all the systems that they had to learn, but also start to plant those seeds about what is it, what are effective practices in teaching and in student learning. And I had a um electrical apprenticeship instructor who uh really admired and now he's actually a dean at the college he came in and i'll never we're forget not gonna his... name uh, greg phillips but greg phillips, we're no. not gonna say his name right <laughs> but i'll never forget greg coming in and we asked him to come after every year after that he said you know i i came into this teaching profession as a master electrician i was at the top of my game right but i realized early on that now I'm in a new profession and I need to learn that profession. And it's not going to be easy, but it's also not going to be hard. It can be really fun. It just depends on your mindset when you come into it. And I'll never forget him saying that. And I thought that was really, um, it was really nice for him to give some um, accolades to the teaching profession that it is a profession and there is a skill, there's an art, there's a science, there's research people that have dedicated their their lives to research about what makes a really good teacher, what makes really good teaching and learning, right? And I don't think you can separate those two. I, I truly believe you can't separate teaching and learning. So so basically what, what you're saying is uh, you're, you're pushing back against the credo that's very common if you can do you teach. And also you're saying it's not about regurgitating information, right? It's not like having a tape recorder with all the information and individuals sitting there listening to it. Ooh, voila, we got the information. What you're saying to make a good teacher is is goes beyond. And it, there's a lot of humility in it as well. There is a lot of humility in it. And it's, again, that willingness to learn. I mean, it's it's really interesting to me that, yeah, I've heard those comments before. Well, you know, I've been to school. I can teach. Well, I've been to the doctor. I can't be a nurse. <laughs> you know, I can't be a doctor. So, but, I, you know, we don't want to scare people away from the profession either. You know, in my career, I always thought that kindergarten teachers 
were underpaid. Like they should get the biggest raises in middle school because, you know, middle school, come on. <laughs> it's just, this, <laughs> if anybody can put up with, with that for two or three years, whatever long it is. But, you know, kindergarten teachers set students off on an academic career for 13 years plus, depending, or lifelong learning. So not just do they learn content, but they have to set them off with a really great relationship with learning. That takes a lot of skill, a lot of critical thinking, a lot of energy. And I just don't think they're not valued as much as we probably should be putting value on those early years because of what that trajectory, you know, can send a student down. Yeah, you know, I, I never thought of it that way, but you know, really you're you're setting a real tone for education you know, early on. And, and we've all heard those kids, oh, I hate school. Um, and, you know, yeah, we all have those days. Uh, but, you know, we also know people that, you know, they love school. They were, you know, naturally curious. They love to learn. Um, you know, and finding a way to inspire that love of learning. Uh, you know, again, whether you're talking about somebody that's in kindergarten or someone that is about to receive their PhD, you know, that love of learning is, is so crucial. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the ability to go back to the beginning is very humble. So I know the subject matter experts that we hired for their subject matter expertise, uh, going back to learning how to teach that takes you back to the beginning. And it's hard to remember what it was like to, because you're on autopilot with those really beginning skills um, of, of what it is in a profession. So that first semester you know, it's probably, you know, at a college level is probably so, is probably more critical than the capstone class at the end, right? I mean, having a vision, you know, what that student is going to know and be able to do and look like, and when they walk across that stage and get that diploma, build it backwards, but really spend a lot of time at the beginning. Um, because, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't remember getting ready this morning to be on this podcast, right? Because once you get ready, it's so autopilot. You know, I'm going to go to the grocery store later today. I'm not going to remember which roads I took because it's so autopilot. You just do it. But, you know, when I've been working on training new instructors at the college, I always tell them to think back to what it's like to teach your 15 and a half year old to drive. You know, you get frustrated because it's like, why didn't you put on the turn blinker when you were merging into the off ramp? But we don't think about all the little actions we do when we're merging on or off an interstate or a highway because it's so autopilot. So it, it can be it can be hard and frustrating, but it can be so rewarding when those students, you know, the light bulbs start to go on and when they get it. And you, and you have to be okay as a teacher to understand that that's going to happen at different times for different students and that you have to trust that they're going to take it and go out and use that information um, when they're ready. You know, one time in my career, I took fifth graders to Japan on exchange. Worst idea ever. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, they were just, I, you know, and these were really, they had an interview to go and their parents had to be ready to let them go. And, you know, the, the parents didn't go along and they just weren't ready. They were just too young. You know, 12 million people in Tokyo, it just freaked them out. 
uh, to the point where we took them to Walt Disney World for Tokyo Disneyland for a day because it's all it's very American there. You know, it's very a lot of English and just to give them that that calmness. And I was so I remember being so disappointed because I thought, oh, I've wasted all this this you know money, the funding that we had, and the students' time and the parents' time, but you know, those students came back to me in high school and they were like, hey, remember when we were into Japan in fifth grade, we just talked about this in social studies class today. And it reminded me of when we went to visit that temple or that shrine. And you told us a story about, you know, it took five or six years for that to, to happen, but you have to be okay with that. You have to be able to be okay with knowing that the learning is going to show up at different times. So what I'm hearing you say is basically it's not about flipping a switch, right? And the other thing I'm 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 thinking about as I'm listening to you is you went to school to become a teacher. So you learned how to teach. Yes, originally you went as a swimmer, wanted to go into engineering, and you've got your nice story about calculus one with Giorgio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but uh, you know the. Uh, not everybody goes down this road. Chris and I surely haven't gone down this road, right. uh, but we enjoy teaching. We want to become even better teachers every day. Uh, and there are millions, right, who haven't gone down the road off. I can tell you outside of the College of Education, at every university and every college, perhaps a fraction of a fraction has learned how to teach. And and the and the mantra is well I've gone to school therefore I know how to teach, and we rely on our charisma our sense of humor we rely on you know whether we give good grades or we go into the classroom and look at half uh, the person to the right person to the left half of you won't be here or whatever the those things are. So we all think we could teach. But if you were to distill it, what does make a good teacher? I mean, you you hit on a number of wonderful uh, mm -hmm. tips, if I might say so. But but just like, what makes a good teacher? I, I think I go back to what I first said: being a really good learner and being open to that. And that doesn't mean you need to learn fast. That doesn't mean you need to learn a lot. It doesn't mean you need to memorize research. It doesn't mean that you need to. Um, you know, be constantly looking to go to conferences and, but it's pieces of all of that is figuring out what you need to do to be better at what you're doing all the time and being willing to do that. So it's a mindset, right? Because teaching is a profession. It's a job. Um, for a lot of people, it's a calling, but at the end of the day, it is still a job. So you have to be okay with that too. You have to enjoy it, even when it's hard. I mean, I had years where it's like, can't wait till this fifth grade goes to the middle school. <laughs> it's like, yes. <laughs> Draw a little map on the whiteboard, say, you know, don't, don't come back south, go north. But you know, when they're gone, you miss them. You miss them. And when they come back in high school or college and they tell you what they're doing or they go to serve our country and the armed forces, you are proud. And you're like, I did my job and I did my job well, right? It, at the end of the day. So I, I just really think it's about learning and seeking out those opportunities or taking those opportunities that are given to you. And I think that's the hardest thing is realizing there's never enough time. And I heard that all the time from the instructional staff during professional development time. I have so many other things to do. 
you know, this is not the most important. Well, you need to make it the most important at this time right now because your students deserve it and you deserve it as an instructor to get better at your craft because your job is going to feel, you're, you know, you're going to feel better and maybe you're going to find more time. I mean, cause let's be honest, there's never enough time. I, I asked a group of instructors one time when they were kind of, you know, and that was like, Oh, we don't have time. And we, you know, we have to do this grading and da-da-da. I'm like, tell me how much time you need. If you had to go to the president's office tomorrow and tell them how much time you need, what would that be? You know, and they couldn't quantify it because there's never enough time. Well, Lynn, uh, we've been talking about what makes a good teacher. I want to thank you for joining us. This is certainly a topic that we could probably spend days on uh, easily. Uh, we're going to have you back uh, again for a couple more episodes where we're going to dig into this a little bit deeper and at a little bit more granular level. But I want to thank you for joining us uh, for this episode of Let's Talk Ed. And uh, Zahi, I want to thank you for... Uh, being on with me and as always and uh, if you enjoy let's talk ed be sure and uh subscribe to our channel ring the bell so you get notifications when we post new content and with that we'll see you next time on let's talk ed right here